Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about how do terrorist victims live to tell the tale. And uh, my two guests will, uh, are very instrumental in um, fixing the broken terrorist victims, um, putting the broken ones back together and raising money for that to, be, to happen. Uh, from Israel, we have Professor Zev Rothstein. He's a physician. He's a specialist in cardiology. He's also the CEO and Director General of Sheba Medical Center, which is located in Tel HaShomer, Israel, which is near Tel Aviv. And um, needless to say, uh, unfortunately, Professor Rothstein has had a lot of experience um, putting together these broken victims of terrorist attacks. Also, we have today from Beverly Hills, Parm Zar, who's the president of Friends of Sheba Medical Center. Um, and that is an organization that uh, raises funds and raises awareness in um, the United States and in general to help people become aware of what, what miracles are being done at Sheba Medical Center so that these miracles can continue. You know, I must say, um, in preparing for today's show, I, I sort of scoured your website, and of course we'll give that out at the end and all that, but um, it's the website of, of Sheba Medical Center, and it is amazing. It is, <laughs> I mean, aside from all the wonderful research, leading-edge research and treatment and all of that that you do, I mean, it, it is just beautiful. It's, like, it's more beautiful than a hotel. It's, it's kind of like uh, what one would fantasize if one was just given a, a diagnosis um, where would you like to go? Where do you think you'd have the best chance of getting healed? Not just from, you know, not just as a victim of terrorist attacks, as you'll tell us, Sheba does everything. But it, it's kind of like what you would imagine um, in your fantasies of of how you how you would like to be treated, how you would have the best hope of getting well. It's it's really an amazing, amazing place. So why don't we start? I'm going to um, ask talk about your backgrounds, and I'm going to ask both of you about how you wound up doing what you're doing um, in regard to Sheba. But I thought we would start with something that's uh, sort of pressing in the news right now, which which illustrates exactly what what I'm trying to say and what Sheba does in terms of terrorist victims. And that is, um, and Professor Rodstein, I know you've been very much occupied with this. Um, that yeah. is the 11-year-old victim um, who was the victim of an, a, a terrorist attack, a Molotov cocktail thrown at her. Her name is Ayala Shapira, and also her father was injured as well. And she, as we speak, um, is in Sheba Medical Center and um, on her long road to healing. So tell us about that. Okay. Um, yeah, just this evening, uh, by chance, completely two hours ago, I was spending time in Ayala's room together with her family and her. She's a lovely 11-year-old lady. You know, um, full of life until one moment when this uh, Molotov cocktail actually uh, 
entered the uh, Ernst car and severely burned her. Uh, her burn, unfortunately, is the front, you know, front part of the body, including the head. And she had some injuries to her lung and all the respiratory system. Anyway, I looked at her blue eyes, and, and just above her, there was a picture, beautiful picture that took, that actually was taken, you know, a few days before the terrorist attack. And she is a really lovely and beautiful girl there. And for us, looking at her, the situation as it is now, and looking at the picture, it gives us really the will, the desire to cure her and to try the best to return her to this to the situation before the injury. Uh, it's going to be a very long way with her. You have to understand she was severely injured, severe burn, third degree burn. Uh, and so a lot of plastic surgery needed to take place. We have to move part of the skin from healthy place to the injured place and still keep her, you know, uh, as a girl that need to be next to their friends, uh, playing around, uh, listen to music, and everything else should continue, and still she is there, uh, and she is devastated, you know, uh, and we have to cheer her up and to try uh, to walk very, very closely and very, very gently with her. So yes. this is the case of today, and of course, unfortunately, it's not the only case of terrorist victims that we are treated. Well, let, let's just stay with her for a minute, of course. Um, you know, it's so sad, and I mean, it would be sad for anybody to be in her situation, but an 11-year-old girl, you know, she's just starting to think about boys and dating and how pretty, you know, 11-year-old girls think about being pretty, you know, and here yeah. to have uh, something happen, uh, to be injured, uh, I mean, of course, her respiratory system and, and other parts of her body, but to, for a girl to have her face burned is, is just horrendous. It's, it's devastated. It's devastating, you know, to look at her face as they are now. But we have hope, uh, and we are going really to work very, very hard in order to return her face as close as possible to the situation before the burn. But still, it's a lot to do. And it's not only the face. We have to think about the function of her hand, which was severely burned. Mm. Uh, and this is very, very important. You know, try to think about 11 years old, you know, a uh, young girl that needs... Definitely, okay, her hands. Uh, and still, we have uh, you really, it's mean, in front of us, there is very long way, very long way to restore function to the hands, cover them properly, uh, and, and, and try to work it out. It one second, their life changed completely. Yeah. And we in the Shiva Medical Center, knowing the task that we have, uh, and the destiny of this child really will not stop thinking of the newest technologies and the best surgery available 
in order to cure her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading about how her mother um, had gotten attacked in a similar place, driving in the similar... Uh, she escaped a similar attack in the same area. Um, is there something special about where um, Ayala and her father and then previously her mother were driving that it's a particularly dangerous area? Yes, it is. A mother today, uh, this evening, uh, the uh, Minister of Defense was visiting the family. And Ayala's mother remarked uh, to uh, Mr. Boggy, who is, you know, Yaelon, who is the Minister of Defense, that the particular place on the road is a very dangerous place because you have to slow down and the trees are very close to the street and there the two uh, Palestinian youngsters were waiting in an ambush to the car and they throw on the car the Molotov cocktail right into the front windshield. Hmm. Uh, and she mentioned it that something should be done about this particular place. And he promised the family that they will take care of the place, enlarge the, the, the world in a way that it will not be so dangerous to slow down in this particular area very close to a Palestinian village mm, that is mm. located there. Hmm. Yeah, so, it's a, it, so people are like sitting ducks when they have to slow down exactly. in that area. And they knew, they knew the place before, uh, and unfortunately, until, you know, uh, that uh, day, the awful day, they didn't do anything about it. And, and now everybody is rushing uh, to try, of course, to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Parm, you were saying before we went on the air um, that uh, when... Um, Professor Rothstein was telling you the story earlier on. Oh, we have <laughs> that's the music. We need to stop. Well, well, when we come back, you were talking about how how it brought you to tears. Um, how sad this is. Well, I, we're hearing. I'm hearing a signal that we need to take a break. Um, when we come back, Parm, you can <laughs> you can tell us about it, and I'm sure that that leads into why you uh, became president of the Friends of Sheba Medical Center to begin with, what, the, what drives you. So um, we're going to be taking a break. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back. We're talking about how do terrorist victims live to tell the tale with Professor Zev Rothstein and um, Parm Zar. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. <laughs> Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Don't write yourself off and welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about how do terrorist victims live to tell the tale, and you've already gotten a bird's-eye view into that. My guests are Professor Zev Rothstein. He's the CEO and director of Sheba Medical Center in Israel, talking to us from Israel. He's a cardiologist. He's been with Sheba Medical Center for close to 30 years. He, <laughs> Professor Rothstein, you've been just about everything um, at Sheba Medical Center. From the, I think I don't know if you helped out in the kitchen, <laughs> but you've been doing everything else. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not fun. I, I started, uh, you know, uh, my career at Sheba Medical Center as a medical student, uh, working as a nurse. So part of my job was to prepare the salad for the patient. So I used to stand in the kitchen and preparing the salad. So it's not fun. <laughs> really there. Well, um, he has also been the director of Sheba's Acute Care Hospital, a senior cardiologist in the Heart Institute at Sheba, acting director general of the medical center. Um, he trained at Tel Aviv University Medical School. He's also done fellowships at New York Department of Health, Tufts, Johns Hopkins, um, and he's a clinical professor at uh, the Sackler School of Medicine at Tel Aviv um, University. And Parham, um, Parham, before being president of Friends of Sheba Medical Center, um, is works. At, you're an attorney, correct? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer by training. I run and well, yes, I'm the I managing gonna, director of an insurance surrogacy agency. Yeah. Well, yes. Be, before I was going to say before you before you started, he's the managing director of the Egg Donor and Surrogacy Institute. But before that, your training was as an attorney, and I'm sure that that's been very helpful as far as what you do with the egg donor and surrogacy institute. So, Parm, what what was it? You know, there you were <laughs> um, with your eggs and your surrogacy institute. What drove you to become the president of the Friends of Sheba Medical Center? It was uh, it was through a. Um a family medical uh, emergency tragedy uh, occurrence that um, that happened here in the United States about a decade ago. Um, after a lot of searching, we ended up at uh, Sheba Medical Center under the care of one of the most amazing uh, doctors that, that I certainly have ever met. Um, and it was really by just a lot of research that we came upon um, Sheba Medical Center and the doctor there. The most striking thing that I can tell you is 
you know, and and jokingly, I always tell people that you don't realize the magnitude, the the the, the magnificence, magnitude, size of first of all the campus of Shiba Medical Center, and the second is the the doctors and the staff that they have there. It is truly remarkable. So wait, um, so you had a family member? Can I ask you what what was their illness? MS. Oh, MS. And so you had you you tried all kinds of doctors here in the states. And we're not happy with the results? It's not that we weren't happy with the results. You know, when you look at the state of medicine in the United States is such that you go to incredible doctors and great technology, but for the most part, it's it, 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 our experience was it's really treating a disease rather than a patient. So, you know, you go to the, you go, you go to the hospital or wherever it is and you get a diagnosis. Then the doctors will look in their book and say, okay, you are diagnosed with MS, so here is a protocol of treatment that you will fall under. Uh And basically every patient gets the same kind of treatment. And once you go from doctor to doctor to doctor, you realize that it really becomes the same, same routine things. What was different for us as Sheba was exactly this point. When we met with Dr. Anata Hiron at Sheba, the first sense that we got was that, that she was looking in the eyes of the patient and she was looking at this individual patient and what, it, what does it mean for her to have MS? What does that diagnosis mean in her rather than just a disease? Uh-huh. And how do, we, how do we treat her? How do we treat the whole of her? Not just, you know, a routine of this medication and this protocol and these uh, therapies but rather, you know, what does it mean? How does this disease manifest itself in this patient? So that was the striking difference for us uh, comparing the doctors. We have amazing technology and incredible doctors in the U.S. I don't at all mean to, to discount that. Uh, it was just the experience that we had with that doctor, which was truly incredible. And so were they able, I presume, to make um, significant progress? With your family member? Um, both medically and I think more importantly, uh, emotionally, psychologically, uh-huh. was a big difference. And so you, you went to Israel or some of your family members went to Israel while, uh, for a while while she was being treated and then came back here? Yes. You yes. know, it's interesting. And, Go ahead. And, and what I have to tell you is uh, you have to see uh, Sheba for yourself to really realize, I, I compare it to Pavarotti and most other medical centers to something much less than Pavarotti, you know. Uh-huh. It, is, it is absolutely incredible in, in size, and, and the support that they need from us is very real because they deal with some of the most severe uh, cases, um, whether it's the soldiers or whether it's terror victims, or whether it's normal citizens of anywhere around the world, the campaigns that they have had in Haiti, the campaigns that they've had in any corner of the world, where, uh, without a doubt, the very first group of doctors that land anywhere in the world to offer them help and to actually set up an emergency triage is from Israel, and not just from Israel, 90% of the time is from the doctors of Sheba. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's what attracted me personally. Uh-huh. 
What did you say? If I may add a remark, you know, um, I'm I'm trying to think during, you know, the uh, kind words of uh, Bob about what is the difference between an average American institution and Shiba in regards, for example, to multiple sclerosis, uh, the diseases we talked. So uh, I can summarize it. It's the approach that is completely different. In Shiba, we have under one roof, uh, a full rehabilitation center with acute care hospital without any boundaries. It's one institution. So our approach towards the patient is very comprehensive. It's not just the acute care stage and then the patient is leaving the hospital, going back to the community. But we look at the patient and all his needs and we try to tailor around him a full plan that includes rehabilitation. So the evaluation of the patient is a little bit different. It's not just a doctor visit or a few days in the department. It's different. And and, and I can see because, you know, the same remark that we had from Parham returned back to me as echo for many, many patients that are coming to our center and they actually experience for the first time the different approach. So we throw we see the whole patient, and we tailor a full plan, which includes part of the innovative medication. Part of them are Israeli produced, uh, specifically for multiple sclerosis, for example. But we add much more to it. And it includes also rehabilitation tools, modern technology, and even alternative type of medicine that helps tremendously in these chronic diseases. Yes, it's true that in America um, there is a, a sort of a movement, and, and a lot has to do with insurance companies and Obamacare and all of that. That they've kind of put medicine, made medicine like a cookbook. You know, you you look up what the disease is, and there's a list of what do they call that? Um, Oh, you know, these approved kinds of treatments for whatever it is. And, I mean, it's almost like you don't have to go to medical school. You can just just open up the book. I mean, I'm, I'm kidding. You know, obviously you need to know yeah. what you're doing. But, but it's still, it's, it's there for you as far as what, what the agreed upon or the, uh, it's, it's something like that, agreed upon best, uh, best, best evidence or something like that. Best evidence for who? Every patient is different. And it's really terrible what, you know, it's true what you were saying, Parham, that, um, that, that there isn't, that there's just this cookbook approach that doesn't really take the whole person into consideration. Um, Professor Rustin, I, I was looking uh, on your website, it has, um, I mean, the website site of Sheba, there's um, a page about medical tourism. So are you finding that you're getting, more, as more and more people know about Sheba Medical Center, that you are, you're getting uh, more people coming there from other countries? Yes. First of all, we are speaking about a very open hospital. We are open to all. First of all, to our neighbors. These are the Palestinians or even Arab patients that are coming from Arab countries that mm. have no relationship with Israel. Uh, then they are coming from East Europe, some of them from West Europe, and even few Americans are coming. So uh, the tendency of the hospital is a public hospital, open to everybody without any discrimination, and we will try to cure everybody who comes to us. 
Well, tell us about um, the the terrorist victims. Um, um, besides Ayala, what um, I mean, you, you treat victims of, of terrorist attacks and also the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force soldiers. Um, what kind and of even the terrorists themselves, Carol? <laughs> even the terrorists themselves. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, uh, remember, uh, remember the Turkish flotilla. They try uh, uh, actually to enter Gaza, and they were blocked by the IDF at sea. Uh, and uh, there was an open fight there between the Israeli soldiers and the Turks. Uh, uh-huh. So all the injured people from their flotilla came to us, and some of them needed intensive care therapy operation, and we did it one after the other. And this is a theater of absurd. Think about it as the huge intensive care, and you see a Turk terrorist next to it, an Israeli soldier, another Turk, you know, terrorist, and all of them are being taken. Uh, you know, care is God. They are the only ones. So this is the Israeli absurd, you know, uh, uh, reality that we treat everybody. And in the hospital, we try not to think what this youngster did an hour ago. We think about what he needs now. And what kind of reaction did you do you get? Oh, we have to take another break. When we come back, I would like to know what kind of reaction you get from the terrorists after they've been saved, their lives have been saved at your hospital. Um, when they know they're lying there, knowing that they <laughs> that they're really you know, intent upon killing all of you. When we come back, we'll hear from Professor Rothstein about that. I'd love to. I would love to have been a, a fly on the wall to see to see them get up and and deal with this. Uh, conflict. Um, my guests again are Professor Zev Rodstein um, from Sheba Medical Center, the CEO and director, and Parm Zar, the president of Friends of Sheba Medical Center in Beverly Hills. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms 
have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about how do terrorist victims live to tell the tale, and the answers are coming from Israel in the form of Professor Zev Rodstein, uh, MD. He's the CEO and General Director of Sheba Medical Center, which is near Tel Aviv. And from Beverly Hills, we have Param Zar, the president of Friends of Sheba Medical Center, that raises, uh, which raises awareness and funds so that the center can continue their incredible work. So before the break, I was asking you, Professor Rodstein, about the reactions of these terrorists who you treat at Sheba when they're involved in the in an attack and they're injured um, what kind of you know is, is, first of all is it hard for the doctors and the nurses to um, to give them the best care or when they know that there's a man who's lying there in bed who whose life they're they're trying to save but who was trying to kill Israeli lives uh, let me tell you Carol you know that uh... You know, um, my feeling is that it's uh, not easy for an Israeli team to treat a terrorist who tried, you know, our ago to murder some of ours. But when they enter the hospital, it's including all the staff. They know that they have a mission. Is the mission? The mission is to save life and to treat wounded people and sick people. And while they are diving into this mission, they have to forget everything. Now, Carol, remember that part of our staff are also Arabs. They are part of our staff. They are part of us. Uh, majority of them are Israeli citizens. Only the minority of them come from Palestinian, uh, you know, the territory, because they are trainees and we are training them. Hmm. You Can you imagine that they have to treat also the IDF soldiers who was, uh, were injured, you know, in the battlefield. Uh, and so everyone should keep in mind that no matter from where they are coming, no matter what is their political, you know, uh, uh, vision and view, they have to forget everything and concentrate on one mission, which is saving life. Mm. That's mm. the only way that we can survive in this piece of land. Uh, and we are doing it. It's amazing. It's not easy. I presume that some of them will maybe search some corner even, uh, uh, you know, to, uh, to try to, uh, 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 I would say, uh, be with themselves a few, few minutes to reorganize themselves because, you know, it's very emotional work. But the end result, it's the hospital is the hospital of everybody. And that's what we are preaching for. That's what I want my staff to be. And, and regarding that, I can tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a very impressive story. And for those of you who want to review it, uh, I'm, I'm sure that they can surface the Internet in the YouTube and find a film named Precious Life. Precious Life. It's a documentary film. 
Okay. It's about young family from Gaza who came to us with SCID, which is, you know, hereditary immune deficiency. Those children, we call them the bubble children, they have to be isolated from the world because they're lacking the immune system and they can get infection very easily and die. This specific Gazian family lost already two children. They came with a third one to us. And we did everything we could in order to save him, including searching in Gaza a bone marrow donor for him, you know, a related family. We did it under the shell bombardments and war in Gaza, and we saved the child. Hmm. And then the cameraman interviewed the mother and asked the mother, Mother, now when when we saved your child... What do you want him to be? And she didn't even hesitate, and she say a martyr, a suicide bomber, to the camera, directly to the camera. Wait, wait, wait. A martyr, a suicide bomber? Yep. Huh. And and, and you know, everybody was in shock. Then she tried to correct herself and and try, and, and you know, we felt the, the tension in the air at that moment, and everything is filmed. It's on the film. Wow. And I, I, I can't understand a mother who wanted her child to die, you know, by name of God or whatever, but it's deep there. The incitement on the other side is as such that it will take us more than one generation to fix it. But our job is regardless Okay, what they think, what they believe, we should set up an example for them how important are people's lives, what is the real value of life, and we have to be different, and we are different. And this is very, very important to all of us. So I can tell you that we in Sheba are doing, practicing peace daily with our neighbors, and we will continue to do it without asking them to change anything. We don't need anything in reward or in return. It's enough what we do proactively, and that's it. But that is just, that is just unbelievable. I mean, here, first of all, she lost two other children. You saved her child's life. She's going to, to, to sacrifice that child after all the work to find a, a donor and all of that, sacrifice her child's life to be a martyr, <laughs> supposedly, and um, a martyr-suicide bomber, and not to mention, of course, that, that it was Israelis who saved her child's life. I mean, it, it's so, it, it just, it really shows the, the depth of the propaganda that, um, you know, that this is the best thing. This, this is, would be the crowning glory. You know, not a doctor, not a lawyer, <laughs> but a suicide bomber. That's the best thing that her child could be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bothering everybody. Uh, the situation is not easy. Remember, we are speaking about years of incitement that started very early age, and they brainwash quite everybody there in Gaza, unfortunately. Uh, it's not the only country. You see what's going on right now in the uh, ISIS, you know, uh, I, I, I would say that uh, is taking place in, 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 in Iraq and in, 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 in Syria, how they are murdering uh, people, uh, you know, without any mercy, so cruel. You know, they are brainwashed. 
But our task is to be different. Our task is to fortify Israel as a state which evaluates people's life, state that's fighting for one man's life for everything with everything that we have. And we have to keep this quality of our homeland, you know, and secure it without, let's say, changing anything because of them. On the contrary, they should be changed and not us. Yes. Were there ever, have you ever seen, um, in the cases of the terrorists who were treated, you know, the, the adults um, or whatever age, but, but um, where they were treated and um, when they were ready to be discharged, their lives were saved, they were ready to be discharged. Did you ever see any terrorists say, you know, thank you, this has changed my life, I'm not going to be a terrorist anymore? I mean, I know that does sound naive and, and ridiculous, but, but I guess it's wishful thinking. Uh, it's a it's a, an American average film, but 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 it's not <laughs> taking place. We we don't we don't see such miracles. Maybe they are happening. Okay, let me be cautious. Maybe they are happening. Maybe this mother, you know, despite what she said in front of the camera, going back to Gaza. She is in Gaza. The child is healthy now. She is raising it. I hope. Okay, maybe you know this. Uh, you know the, our attitude and our treatment. And, 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 and she realized, actually, that we are treating her child the same as we are treating ours. Maybe it's penetrating slowly to mm-hmm. her. Maybe the child himself will be different when we grow up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There mm-hmm. should be some hope in that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, are don't, we don't wait for it to happen. We continue to do what we have to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I... What I uh, let me just add something to sure. that. This is Parma. Sure. You know, we hear a lot about terror victims and terrorists and their treatments. What you have to realize that, you know, their sto- I mean, everybody has an individual story of what they have gone through and, and how they were affected by whatever happened on, on either side. What comes out of Sheba more than anything else is the message of hope, is the hope that we can save lives, that we can change somebody's life and better their life. One of the terror victims from back in 2000, her name was Kinneret, and she was a victim of a, a, a terrible burns when a suicide bomber blew himself up. And she, when she heard about Ayala, the 11-year-old young girl who is like my daughter, who is all of our daughters. And when she heard that Ayala was injured, she just showed up at Sheba because she, because Kinneret was treated at Sheba back in 2000 with severe burns. And now she's a mother and, you know, she's, she's a mother of a couple of children and, and, you know, she's uh, pretty much, uh, you know, back to her normal life uh, thanks to Sheba and what they've done for her. And she showed up to show her parents and her support and to show her that, that you know, there is, there is hope. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. And that's the most important message to get from Sheba. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, Dr. Rodstein, what do you, um, what kind of uh, treatment protocol do you have for, um, for terror victims or IDF soldiers who come with post-traumatic stress disorder? Uh-huh. You know, 
Uh, we, we are speaking about right now about the trauma and mental trauma and uh, the post-trauma syndrome, uh, which are associated uh, both for uh, terrorist victims and soldiers in the battlefield or youngsters when they saw something, you know, uh, uh, scaring. Uh, so PTSD, it's quite common among these youngsters, and we have to realize it, and early measures should take place. Uh, I think that uh, right now, both Israelis and Americans in the VA system realize that we don't do enough to prevent the PTSD and specifically the chronic PTSD symptoms of these people who are, you know, out of, uh, they're going out of society, they, they stop functioning, uh, and then the, the rest of their life is, is, is one long misery. Uh, yes, we're... <laughs> Getting the signal again that we need to take another break, but we will continue with that. We're talking about um, the what Sheba does, some of the treatments that Sheba provides for people with PTSD. Um, of course, living essentially in a war zone. It's not just the people injured in the attacks and the idea of soldiers, but basically living in Israel, there's some some degree of PTSD. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Um, I guess. Our Professor Zev Rothstein, the CEO and Director um, and Physician, of course, at Sheba Medical Center, and he, we're talking to him in Israel, and Param Zar, the President of Friends of Sheba Medical Center in Beverly Hills. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. We're uh, examining the question, how do terrorist victims live to tell the tale? We're hearing about it from Professor Zev Rothstein, the CEO and Director of Sheba Medical Center in Israel, and Parm Zar, the President of Friends of Sheba Medical Center in Beverly Hills. Um, so, Professor Rothstein, I was asking you about what treatments, some of the treatment modalities that you provide for um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay, so uh, let's separate two populations. First of all is the idea of soldiers. You know, they're coming with the uh, combat, you know, a kind of shock 
uh, and uh, immediately uh, we realize, and we have to uh, realize that uh, there is tendency to develop chronic PTSD uh, for those soldiers. So, uh, you know, we have to uh, be uh, ready to treat them immediately. The immediate response is very, very important. So for soldiers, okay, we are working together with the Army, and the Army personnel has, uh, I would say, enough psychologists and psychiatrists, and we take them and we are performing together with them dynamic sittings, uh, and we try to return, the, return them uh, back to the uh, scene uh, and, and talk about what happened, and it started with psychology session, and, and even we add to it some kind of psychiatry help. So they are very organized uh, population, and they are very experienced, uh, and it works very nicely because the percentage of PTSD among our soldiers is quite low. We are, we, we are capable of reducing it by intense treatment and very early, immediately when it happens, and we started even in the battlefield itself, not in the hospital. We returned them back to the battlefield. That's fascinating. Civil, that, that's really fascinating because we can't really do that. We we don't really do that in America. Of course, I mean you're closer to the battlefield there um, than we are here, like to you know Iraq. Or, I know, I know. But but some lessons should be taken also from yes. this experience. Yes, when yes. When we are speaking, yes, when we are speaking about the civil population, for example, in every terrorist attack. You know, people are coming to the emergency room and they are not physically uh, wounded. They are mentally in shock yes. and they are candidates to develop PTSD because what they saw, what they witnessed, where they were, uh, the explosion that took place, the parts of bodies around them, you know, it's really scary and it can really prevent them to return back to normal life. Mm -hmm. We collect, okay, these people immediately when they are coming and we start to work with them in groups under our, our guidance, and we continue continuously doing it for the early period, which takes up to a month, and later some of them will return back uh, to the normal living. Some of them will be under our, uh, let's say, uh, guidance uh, for another long period of time until we are sure that they are overcome this uh, kind of uh, a shock. So even for the civil population, uh, we have our own methodology and technology uh, to help them overcome what they saw there and to try to prevent the chronic PTSD syndromes, those homeless that sometimes we found them under the bridges uh, in streets. And if you keep inquiring them, you found out that there are VAs, you know, fighting up there in Afghanistan or Iraq or whatever and they actually got into a condition that they are not supporting themselves, they, don't, they cannot return back to normal life, and, they are, and their life is really, really very long misery. Do you take the civilian victims of terrorist attacks back to the site of where they were attacked? No. No. What we are doing with civilians, we are gathering together, and we are, have dynamic groups, talking uh, and, uh, and, and get help from professional psychologists, mm -hmm. from our trauma, uh, you know, unit that are working together with them very closely. We don't return them to uh, the place 
of the attack, uh, and this is completely different from our attitude towards soldiers. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, well, I want to make sure that we have enough time to um, to tell people about you know the the funding of Sheba and the support that it needs and so on. So we'll go back to Parm for that. Parm, tell us what what do you work so hard doing? What we work very hard to do is to make sure that uh, Sheba Medical Center has the resources and the funding that it needs to do the amazing things that they do. Everything that's done at Sheba, whether it's uh, cancer research, MS, uh, dealing with victims of terror or, or otherwise, uh, is done extremely professionally and with, with a lot of heart. What comes with that is the need for a lot of money and funding and dollars. So we, our effort, through our efforts, we try to raise as much awareness, number one, and also uh, funds to help Sheba Medical Center. It is one of the unfortunate things is that Sheba Medical Center at Tel Shomer is one of the best kept secrets, at least in the United States. Not, you know, it's, it's a shame that not more people know about it. And I, I do encourage anyone who is visiting Israel to please um, contact us. Um, our website is shebamed.org. Uh, please contact us, and we'll be happy to set up a, a, a tour or, you know, or a visit to Sheba so they can see themselves firsthand what amazing things uh, um, Sheba is doing now. Okay, and, and do you have, what kinds of things do you organize here in the, in the States? Certainly. We have, uh, we have, aside from the galas and luncheons, we have uh, uh, visiting doctors and we have uh, uh, parlor meetings, uh, educational programs uh, with our visiting doctors. In fact, very recently, one of the heads of the pancreatic cancer was here, as well as Professor Zev Rothstein, and we have two parlor meetings here with uh, roughly about uh, 200 people between the two programs uh, of attendees who, to, who heard about the developments in pancreatic cancer and also uh, a general sense of what the hospital is doing now from Professor Rothstein. We will have, uh, I think, a total of six uh, parlor events this year, uh, different um, uh, professionals and doctors from Sheba will be visiting us. And um, also we will have our 45-year um, anniversary gala uh, on November 15 to celebrate 45 years of our organization here in Los Angeles supporting Sheba Medical Center. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. It is um, uh, somewhat of a, a well-kept secret, um, and, and it does need to be uh, known more. And I had the honor and pleasure of being at one of these parlor meetings where Dr. Rothstein spoke, um, and it was just fascinating. Uh, uh, one of the things, I, I, you were talking also about um, the genetics, how you look into, uh, you, uh, so much research is going into the genetics of different illnesses, and, and uh, such as cancer and, and so on, who's going to be more susceptible to these things. And, and um, I mean, there's just so much more. I know uh, we were 
focusing on the victims of terrorism, but the, the hospital really, there's a, there are units and buildings for pediatrics, there's everything, any kind of illness or problem, medical problem that you can think of or psychological problem that you can think of, Sheba Medical Center has it covered, which is so, why I was so fascinated to see, and it's understandable um, to see that you offer this medical tourism, and also it offers, um, Sheba offers, um, medical education. People are coming from all over the world to study uh, some of these new technologies and new treatments and so on that you offer. And I think that's fascinating as well. People need to, uh, I want my listeners to know that, that it's not just about um, treating the people in Israel, but it's also, it's also about offering help throughout the world. So, um, again, the, the website that you can go to for the Friends of Sheba Medical Center, and that has a link to Sheba Medical Center, um, is Sheba, S-H-E-B-A, shebamed.org, shebamed.org, and then that'll, that'll give you links. And you can also Google uh, Sheba Medical Center, and that'll bring you to the Sheba Medical Center website as well. And I, I took the panoramic tour. Um, there's something that you can click on a link to uh, to take the tour of Sheba. Med- I mean, it's just it's just mind blowing. And then you know, and then of course there are all the different parts of it that you can read about as well. So I would really recommend that all of you do that, and um, and you'll get the breadth of what we're talking about here. So Professor Zev Rothstein, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Carl. And- thank you so much for everything. Uh, you know, uh, uh, you to tell uh, the, the world about what we are doing. Uh, I promise you that we will continue to be open to everyone. We will continue our research. We will fight cancer with all our hearts. And, and maybe, maybe, okay, uh, you know, uh, many American lives will be saved uh, just because of what we are researching and finding. Yes, absolutely. You certainly share all of that with the world. And Parham, thank you so much, too, for all of the work that you do um, as the president of Friends of Sheba Medical Center. I know your heart is in it. So thank you all. Thank you both, and thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat. 